This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, let's get right down to it. We have the Premier League coming back into our lives Again for another year, and it's been pretty much just kind of looking at how much has changed. It's how little has changed, in my opinion. The truth of the matter is that I looked at the Premier League last year as more of an aberration of how shallow the quality of play was amongst the teams because it seems to be that from the mid tier to the bottom teams, I just thought the premier league was weak last year and truth be told, I don't really see that much of an improvement year over year to change that assessment. Whether you could say it's burnout from the pandemic, too many games played, not enough uh, practice time because they're worried about guys falling off. The quality was noticeable, not just in the Premier League. It, like, Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing the Premier League itself. I'm bashing uh, just uh, <laughs> soccer in general. The quality, the quality of play. And, you know, again, this has happened in a couple of other sports because uh, this is one of the few plays where you can actually track uh, individual performances the collective play has not necessarily been there for more established players. And so teams have been getting more of a boost from the younger players. The problem is, is that, you know, unless you are a top tier team, your younger players are not necessarily ready to play. So again, that's also kind of contributed to some of the pain felt with some of these teams uh, near the bottom where, Normally, they would have a bit more of veteran leadership to kind of steward uh, the club rather than rushing up young guys to fill in the gaps. I I just don't necessarily see that improving that much this year. So for me, when I look at the back of the Premier League, you know, Man City won the title. And realistically... Chelsea, whom I thought should have been the, the team to dethrone uh, City, they struggled from a cohesion standpoint and were never really in the mix after two months, it, which was shocking. It ended up being Liverpool, whom should have been running on fumes, and they did. They did run on fumes. 
it just took the last month of the year for it to finally catch up with them as, as I kept calling for throughout the year. It's like, you know, I I, I didn't even want to take credit for it because that's more like the broken clock is, <laughs> is correct twice. I thought Liverpool was going to fall off much earlier than they did. And they almost won Champions League and the Premier League title for, uh, for a quadra. Not even a, a treble. <laughs> they were up for four titles. Obviously, they failed, and people uh, would say that they choked. I would say more along the lines of, yeah, you could say that for Champions League because no way they should have lost that game to Real Madrid. <laughs> There's just no way they should have lost to Real Madrid. But I will also say they were pretty much tapped out. So those drop-off performances tend to happen when you're that exhausted. But needless to say, let's get right down to it, because I know some of you are wondering, like, well, you've already been burying the league. Why should I care? You've got a lot of talent in the league this year. And with Mad City... Basically, there were a few places where they could actually reload a squad and sell off talent and still be considered the favorite to win uh, win not only the Premier League, but Champions League as well. Right now, the outright odds for Man City to win the title are minus 165. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Minus 165. That's how confident people are about Erling Holland coming over from Borussia Dortmund to Man City. Pep Guardiola, the manager of Man City, has been managing the best team in the world for almost five years now. Has never replaced Sergio Aguero as a striker until now. I mean, listen... And we're going to get to Gabriel uh, Gabriel Jesus, and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Raheem Sterling. We're going to talk about these guys because obviously they had to get moved. But the truth of the matter is, Aguero was never replaced as a, a true striker. Even when Aguero was playing for Pep, he wasn't being used as a true striker and more of a, the the false nine type position. Like Pep just didn't believe it. He actually has a striker now. So, the long and short of it is, not only are Man City favored uh, to win, I, I actually think from a goal standpoint, this is probably going to be their highest goal tally of uh, of Pep. You know, the only reason why I don't think they're going to break their own points record uh, is the fact that the top six are dangerous enough to take points off of City. That I I I struggle with saying that they're going to crack the century mark. I, I just think it's it's kind of absurd to say that they're going to crack the century mark with it, with as much talent that got dispersed amongst the top six. My whole stance on City is the fact that they're going to score a ton of goals. I, I think even as much as they were scoring goals last year, I think they probably they probably go back to uh, uh, being at the top of the table again this year. And again, in terms of goal props, just to kind of give 
give you guys a sense of the, the Golden Boot Award uh, winner. Holland is plus 275 as the top goal scorer already uh, uh, in terms of the odds makers. You know, you, and you're talking about likely 30 plus goals. Like, that's where. That's where things uh, kind of uh, would be shaping up. So from my standpoint, this is where I kind of look at it to say, you know, realistically, you are going to be talking about a 100-point tally. Like, that. that's really what it comes down to. Uh, does City basically uh, get close to exceeding 100 goals for uh, for the year. They were, uh, they, they were they were close to uh doing it last year. Last year, you know, I I want to say City, yeah, City was at 99 uh total goals. I you know, it's not the craziest thing in the world because even with I I want to say it was like 2019 right before the pandemic hit, you had City cross the century mark, and they actually lost the title that year to City. I mean, they they lost that title that year to Liverpool. Um, well, because remember Liverpool is on the historic run, pandemic hit, and then you had the obviously. Everything held up, and then Project Restart. But technically, City like was far and away the highest school scoring team in the league that year. I think under uh, with Pep this year with Holland, you uh, yeah, because they had 102 goals in 2019 and 2020 uh, between uh, the when the season started and the full break. So again, this is where we're kind of coming down to it. I think City probably exceeds where they were, you know. And to me, it just kind of comes down to where does City end up in terms of, the, like, how how much did he win the goal-scoring title by? Because as good as some of these teams are, City firepower, because it's not just the fact that uh, you brought in Holland. You still have a healthy De Bruyne. You still have Cancelo uh, 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 on the back line. You still have a number of the attacking options from last year. The only guys that basically left the squad had to do with Sterling and uh, Jesus, who were both <laughs> like probably the, uh, they're, they're they're not Chelsea level striker, but uh, it's they were. Far and away, the least efficient offensive options on City last year. That, that's just the long and short of it. So you would expect bounce back years for both players, but from City standpoint, they upgraded their offense. So let's uh, rest of the uh, top six. Liverpool came up short last year. I think they come up short again this year. The issue with Liverpool is, you know. They extended Mo Salah. Sooner or later, Mo Salah is not going to be producing at the... Cl- I mean, he, he's already been slowing down. Uh, I want to be clear. You know, he'll have his spurts, but 
uh, people were attributing to Africa Cup of Nations. My whole stance is Mo Salah, as he's aging, it's getting harder for him to be in the mix. So when I see him as the next highest goal-scoring option for uh, Golden Boot at plus 450, I think it's a terrible bet. I think Harry Kane at plus 600 is a far more logical bet if I were to bet on a top goal scorer if Holland doesn't get there. I think Holland does get there. Don't get me wrong. But if he doesn't get there, that I think Harry Kane's probably your next best option if you're gonna if you're gonna bet on who's gonna uh, take home the golden boot. Just from the standpoint of Liverpool, they brought in Darwin Nunez, and with Sadio Mane leaving for uh, Bayern Munich, you have more opportunities to play. Luis Diaz, who should have been playing over uh, Mane to begin with. I think with Mane, Diego Jota, and Nunez, I think that's enough to kind of get over the fact that Salah's going to be slowing down a bit. I don't know if that's going to be enough to win a trophy this year for Liverpool. I think City is a cut above these teams right now. The fact that uh, Pep was able to address the number one concern I had for his squad. And you guys can go back to my preview last year. I thought the reason why City was going to lose the title was because they didn't have a striker. So, you know, my my stance is City addressed the number one concern. It's the reason why, uh, you know, they did win the the Premier League title, but they they cost themselves Champions League because they didn't have a striker. You know... It is what it is. They didn't put enough chances away because they should have beaten Real Madrid. Like, don't get me started on that Real Madrid uh, Champions League run. It just, oh, God, <laughs> I, I can't. Um, but, you know, the uh, reality situation is I just think Liverpool is a strong team. I just don't think they have enough to get there this year. And... You know, it really kind of comes down to uh, is Liverpool's defense going to be stout enough to manage uh, certain pieces? Because I think with the talent that's been added to some of these squads, it's going to be harder for Liverpool with Trent Alexander-Arnold in the back line. I think it's going to be harder to to, uh, to keep uh, 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 the ball out of the net. You know, I think Chelsea's better defensively. I think Arsenal's better defensively. I think <clears throat> uh, Tottenham is better defensively than Liverpool. I I, I think Liverpool's going to, like, I, I think what people are going to start to realize is that Liverpool's going to have to try to win more shootouts than people are, they know Liverpool can score. But I think people are going to realize that Liverpool's going to need to win more shootouts than they are accustomed to. As good as uh, Allison is as a goalkeeper, I think defensively Liverpool can get exposed in certain areas that they're not necessarily... They're, they're used to seeing Liverpool give up some... Ch- I think with some of these teams, you're going to see Liverpool give up more opportunities than you're accustomed to seeing. So I, I think it's something to be uh, uh, bear in mind as we kind of get through the season, you're going to see more opportunities given up uh, 
chances uh, given up. Maybe not goals, but like ch- scoring chances. I think you're going to see that crop up a little bit more in questions being asked about Liverpool, uh, Liverpool defensively to see uh, how they're, they're going to do it. So, you know, they're going to have more uh, more guys uh, attacking option-wise, but, like, they're probably going to need to... Uh, they're probably going to need to uh, roll again. Like, they, like James Milner's going to be one of the most important pieces on Liverpool. Uh, as as ridiculous as it sounds, like, at his age, you know, it's, it's going to be important. Like, and he's not even going to be... He's definitely not going to be a starter, but, like, as that useful sub to kind of close out games, I think Liverpool's, like, susceptible defensively. I think the it's the offense that's going to carry them, but... I think Liverpool's gonna have to score the goals because if they don't score goals, I think that like that's where you could see them trip up and get passed by a Chelsea or a Spurs this year. So speaking of which, we got Chelsea. The big elephant in the room is the fact that Roman Abramovich no longer owns Chelsea. Obviously, with the war in Ukraine and uh, Abramovich's ties to Vladimir Putin, like. It was becoming an untenable situation for the Premier League to keep looking past anymore. Like, it is what it is. But, as it stands, you've got uh, an American ownership group for Chelsea. Uh, And, long story short, some of the signings, Raheem Sterling, big overpay, but, you know... I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world for Chelsea because, truth be told, as inefficient as Raheem Sterling was, he's still a better option than Timo. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn burner who was literally the worst striker in the world not named Alberto Morata. So I, I want to be clear about this. Chelsea had the worst striking situation when I thought they were at, uh, and I said Morata, I meant Moreno. <laughs> like it, uh, but anyway, I, 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 I keep actually no, was it Moreno or Morata? No, I was talking about Morata. Man, I keep man, it, it, Alvaro Morata is who I was thinking of, but uh, I, I can't stress enough how bad. Alvaro Morata. There we go. Uh, it's 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 a lot of names you got to keep up with in the soccer world. But regardless to say, it's just so much in terms of how bad Chelsea's striking situation was. Lukaku should have worked. Lukaku and Thomas Tuchel were literally the worst pairing between striker and manager, I've seen in many a year that did not involve Mario Balotelli. I, I, it was impossible to say how they could have been any worse than they were last year, not being on the same page and not getting along. It, it, you know, it's like there are stories about uh, Lukaku not liking Tuchel's jokes. It was like. I'm sorry. This is just like some of the most passive aggressive BS I've ever heard of. But for whatever reason, Tuchel and uh, <laughs> Tuchel and Lukaku could not be on the uh, 
be in further disconnect than they were. And so it was relying on playing Werner, who is having some kind of psychological block, because I've never seen a striker get set up outside of Morata, get set up for as many golden opportunities, only for them to be squandered so spectacularly than Werner was last year. Like, it was painful watching Werner, and I hate Chelsea, but it is painful watching soccer where you've got strikers with, like, wide open opportunities. Just slide the ball in the net. Like, you, and you try not to do the armchair quarterbacking for the couch. You try not to. But the chances that were squandered by Chelsea were so numerous. And so, like, <laughs> they literally impacted their... Like, the reason why Chelsea had no bearing on the actual outcome of the Premier League race is because of how many games they squandered because the chances missed. They cannot... I'm sorry. I, I, I like, I'm going to say this now. It's almost impossible, barring injury... For Chelsea to be any less efficient at scoring goals than they were last year. I truly believe Chelsea is going to finish at least third in the Premier League this year. Maybe they finish second because of the issues I highlighted with Liverpool if they can't score enough goals. But I do because I do think Liverpool is going to suffer defensively compared to previous years. I, I truly believe that. Chelsea should be able to... Uh, uh, Bounce right back and be because they got in the top four. They 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 got in the top four mainly by default because of the struggles of Arsenal and Spurs last year to even uh, close out the year properly. Chelsea got there, but I think Chelsea is legitimately better than they were last year. I think execution wise. Another year with Tuchel, I think it'll take hold. I'm not nearly as worried about the the lack of Abramovich being around that other people were. I, I think it's a it's a non-story. But the only reason why I don't think Chelsea might not make top three is because if Spurs even exceeds even further under Conte defensively to overtake them, I, I again. I think between the top four, and the, I'm, I'm, I'm bearing the lead here, I think it's clear-cut that it's City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. Like, those are the top four. You know, the finishing order may change, but realistically, it's those four. And now, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I can already imagine hearing the Arsenal fans yelling at me about why I'm I'm not more supportive of Arsenal. Arsenal is better this year, without question. Gabriel Jesus got added to Arsenal. He will score goals for Arsenal. But I'm going to say this. There's a reason why he got sold off of Man City. And he will not get the service that he got at Man City. So the folks who are automatically penciling Arsenal in to be dramatically better than they were last year because they believe Jesus will be the answer for Arsenal. I, I'm sorry. I I hate to break it to you. Like, he's good. It's not that good. Like, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
I like I, I don't want to like do superlatives like and, and do absolutes, but it, you know he'll help. He'll definitely help. Like Arsenal was incredibly shallow last year. It will allow Mikel Arteta to be more flexible with the team and being able to get the team to not tire out and have these stretches of games where they can't perform because they got dead legs and they didn't weren't able to properly rotate. Gabriel Jesus is going to help Arsenal. I think Arsenal should be better defensively than they have been in decades. Decades. Because they actually had the talent and enough pieces around to do so. Zinchenko coming over from Man City is probably the biggest signing of the offseason, in my opinion. I know people are talking about Jesus. Zinchenko's more important. Zinchenko's talented enough to slide into a couple of different spots on the pitch for Arsenal defensively because the issue Arsenal runs into constantly is guys get hurt, especially on the back line, and they don't have nearly enough talent and guys who are, to be perfectly honest, skillful enough defensively to be able to navigate some of those uh, positions. Tomiyasu held up better than I thought he would. But he also got hurt, and it showed when he got hurt. So I think having Tomiyasu there, Zinchenko, and William Saliba finally, finally is actually in, on the roster to shore up that back line because he can play multiple spots. He can pass. He can control the ball. Should have been playing two years ago. Better late than never, but he's finally here. Instead of being on loan because Arteta cannot seem to be on the same page with the guy. And hurt the team. Defensively, Arsenal should be better. I don't know, offensively, if they're going to be nearly talented enough to keep up with some of these teams. Because in that top four, I'm telling you, there are going to be goals to be had. Can Arsenal top 75 plus goals on the year? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, maybe... I don't think it's a lock. Like people are penciling in Arsenal uh, for top four. Some people actually think Arsenal can win the cup. Like if you talk to some Arsenal fans, they actually think Arsenal can win the title. I'm sorry, Arsenal's not winning the title this year. As much as I would love for that to happen, that's not happening. Even last year, Arsenal only scored 61 goals last year. 61. I'm telling you, in order for it to be top four, Arsenal's probably going to have to score 70-plus goals. I don't see it happening. And realistically, I think that's the bare minimum to get to top four. I think you're going to have to score at least, be able to score at least 70 goals. More likely, it's probably going to be looking closer to 75. I think there's going to be goals to be had this year. And the teams at the top are the ones who are going to be hammering these bottom teams. Like, you have to be able to punish the bottom teams because the bottom teams are going to play as recklessly as possible to get goals because they know defensively they're not going to be able to necessarily measure it. Like, they can play their hearts out, but chances are they're probably conceding two goals. And that's the thing. I look at teams like United, West Ham, Crystal Palace, some of these teams, you know... They can, they've been in the top half, 
But I think they're so far further behind the five teams I already mentioned that realistically, I think a team like Aston Villa has better upside to make the top six than I see out of Man U, West Ham, and Crystal Palace. Newcastle might actually make top six before Man U does. Like, that's how little I respect Man U this year. Because the Christian Cristiano Ronaldo situation, people are kind of uh, assuming that Ronaldo is going to want to be actively engaged in playing hard for United when he already demanded to get out of there. I, I just don't see the logic in being aggressive with Manu. Manu is plus 175 to make top four. I, I just think it's a foolish bet. I would rather take Newcastle at plus 750. Newcastle at plus 750, or better yet, Aston Villa at 1,600. You know, bet 100 and win 1,600. I think those are better options. Because Villa and Newcastle, you know they're going to load up and transfer deadline and add add more pieces. United, they're trying to figure out what the hell they got. Because Ten Hag just got there. He's got a grumpy Ronaldo. Bruno Fernandez is right there with him. He's got to figure out all these pieces. You got the, the, the mess that is the Greenwood situation. You still got Rashford who hasn't developed to where he should be. You know, I, I just think it's a big, big, big ask for United to be top six this year. Because they've got a lot of people pulling in different directions. Defensively, I don't think they're nearly on the level as the teams I had already mentioned. And with, again, the offensive talent that's going to be in the league, it's just going to come down to, can you score enough goals? United relied a lot on Ronaldo last year. I, I, you know, I just think, and even then, Ronaldo's doing it from the penalty spot. You know, he's getting older. The motivation, yeah, he'll be motivated to score goals because, you know, that's the kind of competitor he is. But, you know... Is he truly going all out? I, I doubt it. I Like, I, I doubt it. So, to me, that's where it kind of comes, the rubber hits the road is, you know, some of these other teams, I'm just not seeing the goal potential here. And it falls off the cliff after you talk about Newcastle. Because, you know, Palace is Palace. Like, nothing, nothing happened in there. It, it, like, it just comes down to the, the game Zaha feels like playing in, he'll play. If he doesn't feel like playing well, he'll sulk and... You know, they didn't do any do much to add pieces there. West Ham is West Ham, you know, solid, but you know, not not that much upside. Some of these other squads, Leicester is selling players. Like Telemans is likely going to Arsenal. Vardy is basically the last man standing because uh, from all reports, it looks like even Schmeichel is leaving. I just don't see a ton there where, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not necessarily seeing it. I, I, I struggle with this because to me, I, I kind of look at it as a case where you need to have north of 60 goals to be in the top half of the table. I'm not sure 
most of these clubs get there. And the only squad that I look at that I might be uh, bullish on moving forward, maybe maybe it's Wolves because they're not playing European football. Maybe. But, again, I think some of these clubs are going to be conceding so many goals that, you know, <clears throat> outside of the teams that I already mentioned, it's going to be a very... Uh, Offensive-driven league uh, uh, this upcoming season. So I think it'll be exciting. If you like seeing goals scored, you should like the Premier League this year because I think you're going to have multiple teams in the high uh, high uh, 70s or more. Last year, you had uh, uh, City and Liverpool in the 90s. I think that you're going to see that again this year. Uh, only, I think City's going to hit triple digits. I think Liverpool's going to be up there. I think Chelsea's going to be better. I think uh, they're they're going to be close to 80. You're going to see goals. And as I said, if you like it, like prop bets for uh, a top goal scorer, again, I like Harry Game plus 600. I like Jim and Sung, uh, where you can actually get him. Uh, yeah, at 1,400. Darwin Nunez, 1,200. Like, there are guys to grab that are going to be useful. And, again, even though I made fun of him earlier, Chelsea, because of the amount of chances Mason Mount generates and Reese James generate, Timo Werner is plus 4,000 to win Golden Boot. Now, this guy was a like was Holland a couple of years ago in the Bundesliga. Like Werner has the talent. This is mental. If he could figure it out and get past it at plus four thousand, it's not. Listen, I'm not saying throw a hundred bucks on him, but it's not the craziest thing in the world. To throw five bucks on him to see if he he, he can get himself sorted out. You know, yeah, you're probably flushing the five bucks down the drain. But hey, with the ter- uh, with the amount, <laughs> like with uh, with the return on it, it's not the it's not the end of the world at forty to one odds. I'm just saying. Anyway, so let uh, like in terms of teams, the 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 teams that I expect to struggle mightily this year. Let's just. Let's just run run through it just so you guys know who uh, the teams at the bottom should be. Bournemouth uh, came back up uh, through promotion. I think they're going to struggle. Nottingham Forest, they're up in the Premier League again after, I want to say Forest has been out of the Premier League for 15 years, maybe 20. It's been a long time since I've seen Forest up in the Premier League. I think it's probably 15 years. Um, but... You know, I think they're going to struggle. Leeds barely clung on to to staying in, in the league. I, I think it's I think it's going to be another struggle. I, I I do think it's going to be a struggle for Leeds staying in the Premier League this year without Rafinha and some of these other guys. Like, you know, Jesse March. I don't think is a good coach. I'll just be honest with you. I think Leeds. They're going to be in the fight of their lives to, 
even survive the Premier League. I, I think at best, best case scenario for Leeds is 16th. They'll probably be in the bottom three. Uh, the relegation odds props are not even that favorable this year because I think, you know, people are down on Everton. Like, I think Everton's going to suck too, but, you know, I thought you would at least get some decent uh, odds on Everton uh, being relegated. Um, no, it, it's actually, uh, the, 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 there's not even that much value in betting on Everton getting relegated. That's how pe- bad Everton has been this year. I mean, last year. Uh, the fact that they barely avoided relegation, like, people are down on Everton. Uh, but I think, you know, the bottom end of the table is there for a reason. Southampton, Brentford, you know, all these teams can get relegated. Would not be shocked. Would not be shocked. But, you know, again, I think you're going to get some exciting matches because I think there are going to be more goals than expected over uh, prior years. You're going to see some some results that are going to kind of raise some eyebrows. But at the end of the day, you know, I think I think you're going to see some some entertaining football. Not necessarily the most high quality football I've, we've seen, but I think from an individual player standpoint, uh, the Premier League uh, should be entertaining. It's still going to be the best league in the world. Uh, I'll be blunt in my assessment there. The monkey wrench in all of this is the fact that you got the Qatar World Cup in the middle of the season for every major uh, soccer league uh, before the end of the year, and then the restart. I think it's going to hurt the bottom end teams more than the top end because at the top end, those guys are going to be playing in the World Cup. You know, yeah, are they going to want to break after the World Cup? Yeah, but they can't afford that much of a break. I think it's going to hurt the bottom teams more by not playing that much. I think the lack of playing time is going to hurt the bottom teams more than the top teams, personally. So, we shall see. But, again, for the reasons of what I outlined, I, I you know, I think it's going to be more formulaic in terms of, like, which teams end up where. But how we end up getting there, uh, I, I think you're going to, you're going to see... Uh, some uh, some offense along the way. So it's at least for a casual viewer, I think this is one of the best opportunities to hop into the Premier League. I think the end results are going to be shaping up pretty much aligned with where I, I'm projecting things to end up as. But I think from a viewership standpoint, it should be good for uh, casual fans uh, watching along uh, on NBC and Peacock and USA Network and Wherever else that they got this streaming, I think you're going to need Peacock. Truth be told, I think this renewal with uh, Peacock is going to be pretty much paywall only. So if you didn't have Peacock before, just a PSA, you need to get Peacock uh, (laughs) in terms of your streaming packages. Uh, And I think Paramount still has the Champions League as well. So again, the PSA reminders of all the things you're going to need to watch soccer this year. and then Bundesliga coming back up. That should be on ESPN Plus. Again, PSAs, folks. <laughs> like, get your streaming packages renewed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get out of here. Um, but, uh, yeah, should be a good year overall. I know I I sound cranky on certain items because, you know, 
the, the attention to detail matters, but, you know, the teams did what they did to manage their budgets through the pandemic and what we have as a global recession. So, you know, you're not going to get the best quality teams in terms of dispersed talent, but at the top end, you're going to get way more than you're going to see in some of these other leagues because some of these other leagues, you've only got one or two teams worth a damn. At least with the Premier League, you're going to get at least five really good teams to look at during the year. I can at least promise that. Uh, I think you're going to have probably closer to seven. I still doubt Man United. So I'm not even throwing in Man United into that mix. Like, Man United has to show me something. So I'm actually uh, more down on Man United than other people are, but that's just me. But I'm going to get out of here, folks. So uh, enjoy the season. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted at, on any new developments. And we'll probably do some stuff for the World Cup as well. But uh, that'll do it for now. Have a good one. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.